Hello, friends, and welcome to the Dimension of Our Midnight Cake, a weekly transmission from the Nexus of Realities. I'm Soltis, and joining me are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches. I'm pretty sure for me, this was a low point in the Mayberry Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and my dad, Paka. Somebody shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> for our third installment in our Halloween suggestion movie series, we bring to you a discussion of The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, which was my suggestion. The 1966 American comedy horror film starring Don Knotts as Luther Heggs, the town dunce and newspaper typesetter who spends a night in a haunted house, which is located in the fictitious community of Rachel, Kansas. This was Don Knotts' first major project after leaving The Andy Griffith Show after the five seasons that he was on there. The Ghost of Mr. Chicken uses a similar small town setting and involved a number of alumni from the sitcom, including director Alan Rafkin and writers Jim Fritzel and Everett Greenbaum. It was a box office success and paved the way for a string of other knots fronted comedy films. The working title was Running Scared, and the title of The Ghost of Mr. Chicken is presumably a humorous variation of the film title The Ghost of Mrs. Muir from 1947. This is a film that I've loved since my childhood, and while doing research, I discovered some interesting things about the production. For example, when Don Knotts made it known that he was planning on leaving The Andy Griffith Show at the end of the 1964-65 season in order to pursue a film career, he had discussed this with his friend Andy Griffith, and Andy Griffith had suggested that Don Knotts expand on an episode from The Andy Griffith Show involving a deserted house the old Rimshaw house from the episode Haunted House aired in 1963, in which Barney, Gomer, and Andy retrieve a baseball of Opie and his friend from the house. As the Andy Griffith show approached the end of the 1964-65 season, Knotts asked two of the sitcom writers, Jim Fritzel and Everett Greenbaum, if they'd be interested in working on a screenplay for him during the sitcom's hiatus. They agreed, and Universal put Fritzel and Greenbaum under contract. The story outline was worked out by Fritzel, Greenbaum, Knotts, Griffith, and producer Edward Montagny, with Griffith having a token compensation and no screen credit for his input, which included the idea of making the line, at a boy Luther, a running gag. Knotts also claimed to have had a hand in writing the actual screenplay, although he acknowledges wholeheartedly that Fritzel and Greenbaum did the heavy lifting and the lion's share of the work. Greenbaum came up with the film's title after the original title, Running Scared, turned out to be unavailable. After he learned that the film had a shooting schedule of just 17 days, not suggested Alan Rafkin for the director's seat, since Rafkin had directed several episodes of The Andy Griffith Show and impressed Knotts with his efficiency. But one of the more interesting things is the Simmons Mansion itself. It's a three-story Second Empire Victorian house and stands on Colonial Street on the Universal Studios lot in California. It was built for the film So Goes My Love in 1946, it also appears as the Dowd House in the film Harvey from 1950, and with several alterations to the architecture, served as the home of Gabrielle Solis in Desperate Housewives, 2004 to 2012. The Simmons Mansion is not the Munster House, although they are next door to each other on the new relocated Colonial Street, with the Munster House on the right. Knotts personally called the Bon Ami company president to get permission to mention the cleaning product's name in one of the film's running gags. Throughout the movie, Knotts drove an Edsel Corsair, 
which was considered a commercial failure as a means to bolster the character of Luther Heggs having a quirky and strange reputation. The original cut of the film also included a scene where the portrait stabbing was explained. Kelsey had printed a copy of the portrait and placed it on the backside of the one on the landing on the staircase. When pressing a secret button, the portrait swung to reveal the shears stuck in the throat with red paint. This scene was cut from all other prints and has only been seen a few times in theaters and on some television showings. Knott's popularity from this film prompted a multiple movie deal with Universal, starting with this movie and followed by The Reluctant Astronaut in 1967, The Shakiest Gun in the West in 68, The Love God in 69, and How to Frame a Fig in 71. Be sure to join us next week as we will be discussing not only one of the most well-known horror films, but also one of the most important films in cinema history, Nosferatu, A Symphony of Horror, the 1922 silent German expressionist horror film directed by F.W. Murnau and starring Max Schrenk as Count Orlock. And if you enjoy our discussions and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at ourmidnightcake.com, liking, subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. Oh, so Beaches, is this the first time that you've seen The Ghost of Mr. Chicken or had you seen it before? It must have been the first time I've seen it all the way through. I, I vaguely remember it. May have seen it, but not enough to uh, for it not to have been a surprise this time. So, Okay. I, cer- I certainly expected more haunting. <laughs> 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 we got to the house and there was a what like a 10 minute segment and then i was like that was it <laughs> we're gonna go back right i used to do kind of go back <laughs> but it's a courtroom drama by then oh yes uh i love the judge <laughs> the lawyer's trying to stay he's like all right start her up <laughs> like where's my where's water my bible can't run the court without my bible <laughs> uh, this is a movie that i greatly enjoyed and has become kind of a staple around halloween to break out and to watch what were your impressions or opinions of it breaches oh <laughs> i suppose that sells it well 38 minutes to go <laughs> <laughs> as, I, oh, as i stated i did <laughs> it was much less haunted house than i expected not maybe not as funny as i expected with uh, i usually I usually do enjoy Don Nuts. I don't know. I don't know. Had a had a had a sort of a I don't know. Feel like a sitcom flavor to me, and maybe that was just the time. Like the, just the style uh, of the, the writing. Yeah, the look of it, the style, the music to me. <laughs> it is very much a family film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed. I thought that, <laughs> that you'd enjoy this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, I guess. I'm wondering if it's a, if it's a generational thing when, when I was a kid and saw it and ever since then, I mean, and, and everybody I ever knew that was my age just thought it was the funniest thing and Don Knotts at his best. It's interesting that there is, at least amongst this group, that predominantly it's not cared for. I, I, I think that's really interesting. I do wonder if I had seen it, it, maybe if this weren't my absolute first viewing, if I wouldn't have liked it more younger. I don't know. I know that the the cinematography, the acting, um, everything about oh, it is here's very, 
Anyway, I was just saying that that it was typical of a Don Knotts movie at the time. Thank but, goodness you're here, Doug. I've just horrified everyone by not <laughs> thoroughly enjoying <laughs> the ghost in this Okay, it, when you said it's typical of every Don Knotts movie, I thought, oh, what, incredibly boring and not funny? Oh, um, no. I, I've just never been a Don Knotts fan. It's I get not some getting better. Really like him, though. <laughs> No, I get some people like him. I've never gotten it though. Probably my <laughs> well. That's the thing. I I do remember enjoying him very much. Um, really? Yeah. See, like my grandfather loved like Andy Griffith. Obviously, I never the Andy it. Griffith show. I can always throw on the Andy Griffith show. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I never yeah. really oh, liked that. Here comes Lumberdor too. So let's restart this. I'll just pretend to love it, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll just we'll take it all. I back. feel terrible now. <laughs> No, no, don't don't feel terrible. Like if, if you don't like it, you I like mean, it. no, the look on your guys' face. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised that I. I feel like I should like it, but for some reason, like I can't. I'm like, I want to. I don't know. I liked, I liked half of it. You know, maybe if it was like 30 minutes long, I would have liked it. I don't know. So, Lumberdor, what did you think of the Ghost of Mr. <laughs> you like Don Knotts, right? Lumberdor, Lumberdor loved do. it. I enjoyed well, it for everything. what it was. <laughs> for what it was that doesn't mean anything you say that all the time never means <laughs> some things i enjoy more than others and i did not I think, think that's a low-key way to disappoint of, you i think no, that's no. a polite way of saying he doesn't like it like when my grandmother says that something is interesting Lubbardor is such a beautiful <laughs> soul he takes whatever comes at them for what it is <laughs> you're like look grandma let me break down why rings of power is terrible well that's interesting <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like Pac is never coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's all my fault. I'm sorry. No, I, I I saw this once in elementary school. I think the ghost of Mr. Chicken, and I just remember not liking it, and I just like started drawing and ignoring it, and I kind of did the same. <laughs> Same I kind of I thought I would be like, night. oh, I remember this movie. And I it, just, I would like it, it more. just didn't. Um, I was like, I, I will appreciate it, this. It never hit. But I didn't. One, I don't know. One of my boys liked it and the other one fell asleep. So <laughs> now my I kids liked it more than I did. Them. I watched it with all three of them. I think they liked it more than I did. So yeah, I watched it with my kids. They really enjoyed it. As well. Yeah, they seem to really like it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the problem is me. Well, at least someone in this world has taste. Yeah, that's what all signs point to. Which one of us has? Patience? You're the problem. <laughs> but no, I I did enjoy it. But it, it's I think problem is probably is like pacing compared to newer things, and I felt that too with uh with Nosferatu. Right. Except we didn't watch that. <laughs> right, right, yep. That didn't happen. Actually, both movies are about real estate properties. So there. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Will we talk about this Halloween real estate? Well, I greatly enjoyed this movie, and I, I don't. There's there's something endearing and charming for me about Don Knotts's performance, but with this particular film, I, like Paco was saying before, I think that he's at his best in this film, which it's kind of unfortunate that you guys don't seem to care for it. <laughs> One of those comics that either you like or you don't. And I, I've, I've never seen any in between as far as the you know opinions of him are concerned. I guess he always struck a chord with me as a kid because he always played sort of the everyman. He was the nerdy guy. You know, he wasn't cool. He wasn't hip. He wasn't handsome. He wasn't any of these things. And yet he would get the girl. 
because he was just a nice, sincere guy. <laughs> I do love that about his. So that's why we're all relate to this. Appears, he at least <laughs> appears to have no ego. He's fine throwing himself out there and just being awful. Or literally throwing himself at. I mean, there really is yeah. there anything like successful about this character really at all? Like it's other people. He's a very who, good who, typesetter. It's the other very people good. who are the impetus for <laughs> him, you know, doing doing anything in this movie. Really. <laughs> you try, you try, you try. Hard. None of them hard. It's the what? What is the guy's the janitor there or something? He's sweeping. Right. Yeah, both the and the he's the one that puts the, the idea in his head about throwing in his own article, and then he helps the other guys come to the conclusion that. John Knott's character's name insert here. Um, Luther. 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 Okay, there you go. Should be the one to stay the night in the house. There, there's a couple of things I really like about the character. One is that behind it all, he really is a brave person because even with all this terror, he still does the things that he's afraid to do. He goes into the house. He you know, spends the night there. He he testifies in court. He talks about all these different things he's afraid of. He stands up at the Chamber of Commerce picnic and gives a speech, even when all the, the pages blow away. Which that oh, I've, give, I've given some public speaking things like that before. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, that, that scene I related with, the shaking yeah. and trembling. <laughs> the thing I've always Bravery. liked about him as an actor and as a comic is that he doesn't really act. His his style is reacting. Everything is a reaction to something somebody else says or does. And his elastic face and, and all the little movements of his mouth and his eyes and, and all of this that expresses so much about what's going on inside of him, I think is really terrific. He's Seamless Jim Carrey without terrorizing his castmates. <laughs> there's nice. there's an actor I do not care for at all. Is <laughs> Jim Carrey, and I don't like him either. So. The, the more I, I hear about but him, but I do care. But I do like Don Knotts. Don Knotts, I, much enjoy, I enjoy them all. <laughs> it came out what in '65? '66, I want to say something like that. Right, right in the middle of the '60s, and I was about seven years old. Didn't see it in the theater. My memory of it is on TV each year. And of course, way back then, you know, you didn't have VCRs. You didn't have, uh, well, today we don't have VCRs. <laughs> We've gone full <laughs> circle. Uh, you know, you, you didn't have any of that stuff. And, and you scoured the uh, insert in the Sunday paper that had all the TV listings each week in order to see what was coming on and, and how you had to reorganize your schedule to be there in front of the TV with your snacks whenever something was coming on. And that was one of the films that when that came on, I didn't care what else was going on. Uh, I relate that to staying up Friday nights and going through the TV guide and uh, figuring out which channel I was going to flip to to watch the absolute best order of cartoons the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that was probably my favorite scary movie as a kid and it was and for me it was scary as a little kid that film was scary when he was in the haunted house and when the organ was playing and uh and even in the end when he gets married and you have that great curtain call where you see everybody oh, yeah. and, and you go past all their faces and there's nobody at the uh, organ <laughs> that little that little organ there in the chapel and you're like so was there a ghost <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and as a kid, I I'd be afraid to go to sleep at night afterwards because with that simple little white organ playing, uh the, the ghost issue wasn't resolved. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> but it does have some good horror tropes, especially there's secret passageways and uh, an organ with blood-stained keys blood that they couldn't get keys. out. And they used Bon Ambi. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Running gag. I the group, they were like, well, the blood is there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that gag throughout the whole movie with, with that one little gal, you know, and they used Bon Ambi was what she kept coming back to, you know, and even in the, in the courtroom. When Donuts is standing up and he's going, and the organ played and this happened. And she jumps up and she screams, and they used Bonnie <laughs> Bloodstains on the keys. <laughs> so my favorite scene was when they threw the uh, the bum out of the picnic and everyone laughed. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm rotary. <laughs> yeah, because it was in the rotary. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite thing was the uh you had like the old ladies tea and like book club who were all like Satanist. Oh yeah. <laughs> but they, they also reminded me of the uh the women voters from uh the Mary Poppins as well. It's oh, like you if, know what I think of when the suffragettes and Mary Poppins were a cultist. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean they set the same outfits and everything. <laughs> When you say the woman voters, the first film that came to my mind was uh, the Great Race. Oh, Great Race is another one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're, we, that's Natalie Wood. <laughs> I also have to mention the um, the nearly twice as many grating attaboys compared to Love and Thunder's goat screams. <laughs> oh, you cannot compare oh that. I, the I'm goat gonna screams. I'm going to compare it. There was very. There was. Barely any goat screams compared to that of boys. Yeah, there's something <laughs> wholesome and charming about like the whole like overall like setup of it. But yeah, for some reason it just doesn't quite hold my attention. I don't know. I'm probably um I think like an attention if you're not starved. like a Don, a Don Knotts fan, it's kind of weird to have a a leading man that's so reactive to every situation because it doesn't really feel like he's carrying it, even though everybody's responding to him. Like some of the, his the movies. character doesn't do enough to to actually facilitate the plot. Yeah, it's it's something. It's a problem I have with like Don Knotts movies. Like I I love Don Knotts. I love his acting and his comedy. But I watched and I like him and Tim Conway and their duo and a lot of stuff. But there was one movie I watched with them. It, it felt like he did a good job with the role, but it was more of you not getting that leaning man feel from it that's interesting okay. i wonder if, again i wonder if it's a by saying a generational thing i don't mean necessarily the ages of people but i mean what one was brought up with yeah um, no i agree with you 100 percent. there i think that's part I, of it i, I realize well, even we, even amongst us we're split because it seems like doug's just completely out and <laughs> like no Lombador, one got their head chopped off come on lumbador is like he enjoyed some of the story but maybe not so much don nuts part in it is that what you're saying no i enjoy don nuts but it's it's more of the story doesn't to me it doesn't necessarily make sense to him 
being the leading. Oh, because I thought you were. I thought you had started that by saying you weren't a Don Knotts fan. No, I'm a Don Knotts fan. Like, oh, okay. I enjoy his comedy. Well, then we're, just... we're on the same page then, because I like Don Knotts, and and yeah. I I didn't dislike him in this. I guess it was just the movie overall that I didn't care as much for. The structure of it, how I think so. It's something, it was put together. something with the structure. I think I'm not sure what exactly, but I mean it's got better structure than some. Possibly just structure. expecting something different. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. What this may go to is the sophistication, the 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 continuous greater sophistication and greater sophistication and greater sophistication of audiences. You know, next time we're talking about Nosferatu. Yeah. And it's the, the case is made that, that that's a boring film because it takes so long doing. You see the title cards. We read it in, in a second and a half and we're ready to get back to the action. And it sits there for like a minute. You have this evolution of audiences that continues to happen. You have when D.W. Griffith made uh, The Great Train Robbery, there came with it a clip of a cowboy that turns to the audience, a close-up of him, and it turns, he turns to the audience and he fires his pistol at them. And it had nothing to do with the movie. And the direction said this could either be edited on, spliced on in the beginning of it or at the end of it. And it was just to, to get a reaction. The film goers scream. You know, it's this rough across the image of this cowboy and it's silent and he turns and he fires his gun at the audience and they they screamed and they jumped and they because it was so unbelievably shocking to them and then you fast forward to now if we watch a superhero movie with a lot of cgi from say i don't know 10 years ago we're looking at it going man that cgi is crappy you can see, yeah. you know, the lines around him. You can see this. It's not clear enough. That's wrong in the background. Unless you're talking about Marvel, where it seems to have gone backwards. But you can see where I'm going with this. There's, but in general, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, there, there's this progressive, greater sophistication. And I think that may be part of the problem here is that the type of film that you're used to, this mm-hmm. is not. This is the type of film that was very acceptable and very beloved in those. I mean, you're looking back at mid sixties. Yeah. I think that probably plays into it because again, the timing is going to be slower. The, the pace is slower. His comedy is, is not the, the really quick and loud and fast, you know, type comedy that you have today. It's more the reactive kind of bumbling comedy. So I can see where you'd have, this sort of disjointed look at it and say, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. I find it, you know, dull or boring. Yeah, generationally, generationally, I think there is uh, there are different styles of storytelling that come in and out, and they don't uh, sit with everyone. Um, although that doesn't mean that you can't be a young person and not enjoy something from I think from part a different of it's era. A attention span too. Like we're all like people now are so instant gratification that if it's not kind of spoon fed to you or you don't get right away to the plot or you didn't get at least put the clues there a little bit, people tend to get bored with it easily and not see the point. You know, an, an interesting thing about this film is if, if you show it to children, they like it though. <laughs> they like it because I think it's on their sophistication level because they're watching mostly children's programs. Yeah. And you both, you both saw it as kids, yes? What's that? I, I, I saw did. It as a kid. You I both saw it as kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. my kids saw it as kids, and they all, Which, they all liked it. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know if that speaks more to your enjoyment of it. I mean, there's certainly a an aspect of nostalgia for me for it. Mm. I'm sure that that's part of it. I think I, part of it. I do enjoy it for, the, to, for the, how it's structured and and how it and how the story progresses, though. It uh, appeals to the younger audiences because I think a lot of kids can just relate to that kind of bumble bumbleiness. If that's a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just it is now. It is now. <laughs> just you know, not necessarily feeling confident in all situations and getting scared easily and being more reactive not always knowing what's going on and what to say. I think kids can probably relate to that pretty easily. I think that's a really, really good point. As a child, you're basically furniture. You're told where to sit, when to eat, what to do, what, you know, be quiet, uh, go to bed, uh, all these different things. And normally anything you do is wrong. It's not done correctly. It's it's wrong. You don't fit in. You're not one of the, you know, the, the grownups. You're not, and, and I, I think you're right. I think that there's something in that that's relatable to a kid. And there's almost some magic or heaven helping him in how he even gets through it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All the things sort of fall into place for him, you know? Because, I mean, like you said, he is being brave and he is going into these situations, even though not really hardly anyone believes in him. And he's obviously showing him what happened. And he's just kind of dumbfounded. That like, well, why does nobody believe me? Well, where the, only one, the only <laughs> one that believes in him is the girl that he gets. The beautiful, yeah. you know, Alma is the only one from start to finish that believes in him, that trusts him, that's there for him. And everybody else is sort of a fair weather friend. I am glad to have something to relate um, replacement Darren to um, besides yes. being replacement Darren. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, I think he's really good in this film. You know, I know he was, much he was good. Yeah, I liked him. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. This is going about as well as not talking about the book Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. We, we, we forgot we have no structure. Right. You, right. Can, you can fix all this in post-production. Can oh, you, though? Of course. <laughs> he's got it. He's a, he's a magician. He knows what he's well, doing. Well, no, he'll just, he'll just re-record it and do all the voices. There we go. <laughs> Probably make it better. Us kids oh, screaming no. in the background. This episode is going to be. Oh, this, episode, this. this episode is going to be all intro. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. all stinger. <laughs> all stinger. <laughs> <laughs>